This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, everyone. I'm John Stashauer. Welcome to the Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio. Oh, I know that voice. Hello, I'm Michael Barr. <laughs> and I'm Mike Lynch. We are here Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays to explore the big money issues in the world of sports and talk to some of the biggest players in the industry. Guys, it's good to be with you. I'm filling in for Jason Kelly. I, I guess I've been activated off the Bloomberg Radio taxi squad here today. And um, yeah, I, I just want to say it's great to be on, first of all, with Michael Barr, who I listen to every morning because I get to follow him on Bloomberg Daybreak. So great to talk to you. And Mike Lynch, I'm certainly very familiar with uh, all your years on TV in Boston. The other thing I know about Mike Lynch, and I mentioned this because we're going to talk about college football. My first job uh, in radio a million years ago was in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, and I did play-by-play of Yale football. And so when you prepare to do the Yale-Harvard, the game, you have to immerse yourself <laughs> in the history of the <laughs> Yale-Harvard game. So I know all about the Mike Lynch field goal <laughs> to beat Yale. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I think that was. It was, yeah, a few years ago. And you're still you're going to talk to me anyway, even though you were working in New Haven. I right? was, yeah, I was a, a Yale game. Well, fortunately, there was no global pandemic that year, so you got to make that field goal. There is one this year. So, guys, let's talk about the news this week, which you kind of saw coming for months now, but we finally learned, at least in the Big Ten and the Pac-12, no fall sports. They're going to maybe try and play football in the spring. We'll see if that happens we'll see if these other conferences the big 12 sec and acc go ahead with plans to play in the fall but i don't know about you guys i you could see this coming it was one thing to ask professional athletes making millions of dollars to incur the health risks to go on the field and the court or the ice it was another thing to ask college kids and i i just felt like it was also one thing to play these professional sports games without fans as we've been watching for a couple of weeks to me college football without fans just wasn't college football I mean they talk about the the college atmosphere how many times you hear announcers say it's like a college atmosphere it wouldn't be that atmosphere without fans so to me anyway if it was going to be like that it just wasn't worth the risk that these kids would have had to take to play as Al Michaels would say you would not hear a cacophony of sound and at all at the event and you're right it's it's hard to hold a college event uh, a big football game like that and, and I and you're right stash I I, I knew there was going to be trouble I was reading the Detroit Free Press earlier this week and they were saying those signs were there uh, of course the the Detroit area is not far from Ann Arbor where um, the University of Michigan play at the big house and I'm like, uh-oh, this is this is not good. You saw this coming a mile away, Lynchy. Yeah, you called this one, Michael Barr, a couple of weeks ago while you said I'm getting some bad vibes out of the Big Ten. And uh, the Big Ten generates the most, most revenue of, of any of the Power Five conferences, and this is a major decision. Uh, each school in the league last year collected more than $55 million. 
So this this is really going to be a big hit, not uh, not only to the football programs, but some of the uh, non-revenue sports uh, in a league like the Big Ten. And I'm just wondering what the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC, are, are, I, I think they're just sort of ignoring this thing, maybe hoping that it would go away. A miracle vaccine is going to show up uh, the day before their, their first game. But um, they can't be far behind uh, following the uh, Pac-12 and the Big 10. Well, let's talk about some of these economic ramifications that you mentioned, Mike. I mean, when you're budgeting for so much revenue to come in and that money does not come in, um, there's going to be ramifications. Jobs are going to be lost. I mean, in these athletic departments at these universities, obviously the ADs generally make a lot of money. But as you know, you guys know the, the assistant sports information director and guys like that, they don't make a lot of money. And they're the guys, men and women, who I'm afraid are going to lose their jobs um, without this revenue coming in this year. Well, you're talking about $100 million a year for the elite programs that they bring in just simply off of uh, football. So between that, of losing that, and then you throw in the, the TV ad revenue, and ESPN, ABC are like, oh, no. Uh, they are going to lose, in fact, all of the networks together, according to uh, the analysts. They're going to lose almost $1.2 billion in ad revenue for the U.S. television networks. That's what they generated last year. So if you don't have that now... Uh, Lynchy, it's a mess. Well, we've already seen some of the carnage in some of the schools that eliminated uh, soccer programs, wrestling mm-hmm. programs, uh, crew programs. I mean, Stanford was one of the big surprises that eliminated uh, 11 uh, varsity sports uh, that had been around at Stanford for a long, long time. So this is just really going to be bad and I think a lot of these sports are going to probably be relegated to club sports status rather than varsity sports status going forward yeah I mean if people are wondering well you know how much money does it cost to play you know field hockey or something I mean these I mean some of these schools are in leagues like let's take the Big Ten right let's take, take say your Rutgers right Rutgers just joined the Big Ten not that too long ago the field hockey team has to travel to Iowa to play a game, you know, and that's that's we're 20 kids and a, a couple, few coaches and a trainer. And, you know, so there are costs and they don't generate any revenue. We know football is the one that brought in all the revenue. So someone has to lose out. And I feel for, you know, you feel for these kids who when sports returns, which they will someday, their their teams may not be there to play. Well, let's see if it comes in the spring, and and I'm not so sure that's going to happen. At least that's what the the Big Ten is hoping for. Uh, this, who saw this coming? COVID, uh, just destroying a lot of our lives, uh, and we have to keep in mind sports. Yes, it, it is a business involved, but the real deal is it's entertainment, and I know people down. If you're rooting for the University of Alabama, you want to see uh, the roll tide go. But we're not, as you mentioned earlier, we're not talking about professional players. We're talking about kids, uh, they're still in their teens, and and they're going out there on the field. And and I've always said it's one thing when you want to root for a pro player, but when mama's baby is out there (laughs) and, you know, there's a risk of of catching this virus, uh, things will change, Mike. Well, one of the big concerns, 
especially in the Big Ten, is uh, myocarditis now. Right. Five members mm-hmm. of the Big Ten have myocarditis. Up here in Boston, though, the Red Sox number one starter, Eduardo Rodriguez, tested positive, and then he developed myocarditis. So they shelved him for the year. So a lot of people think, well, the young people, if they get uh, COVID-19, they're in good shape, their immune systems are pretty good, it's going to be like a bad case of the flu and they're going to bounce back. Now we've got this other complication right here. There's also an agent up here in the, in the New England area, and there was a, a big story on him. He developed it when he was down in the South recruiting uh, potential clients for the NFL draft. His name is Sean Stellato. And... To this day, he, 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 he had a bad case of, of COVID-19. He's doing fine now, except he can't smell anything and he can't taste anything. Mm. And he leaves a big ball of uh, Parmesan cheese in his refrigerator every morning and opens the door. And it's kind of, it sounds kind of funny, and he's, he's laughing about this. He's like, just to see if I get my sense of smell back, mm. and he doesn't. So, you know, th- there, there are, you know, complications from this that, that they have to be concerned about. This isn't just a case of, okay, maybe if some young people get it, they're going to recover from it and they're going to bounce back because they're 22 years old and healthy and they're in great shape. When you're not talking about the heart, you've got a whole different ballgame. Yeah, and this is also football, which we haven't seen yet in this mm. pandemic. I mean, we're seeing baseball, and obviously baseball players tested positive, but from all accounts, they got that going out or whatever, but it wasn't from the field of play, and we haven't seen any positive tests out of the NBA and NHL. But in football, just in informal college practices, right, we were hearing about Clemson with, like, dozens of positive tests. Yeah. So God knows how many positive tests are going to come out if they're actually playing football, which leads to the question of the NFL, who, of course, as of now, still planning to play. But you have to wonder. Well, you know. I, I I just wonder if you, you can keep any of these NFL players, I don't mean this in a mean way, in, this, in a so-called bubble atmosphere. What I'm getting at is that somebody is going to do it, somebody's going to go to the bar, and all of a sudden – all you know what breaks loose. I think there was a, a Cleveland Indians player. Yeah, and a couple he, of them, yeah. Yeah, and they dashed out to the bar, and they, and they broke protocol, so they, they had to go back home. Uh, I mean, it, it's I, – yes, I get it. When you're in a, in a bubble, it's hard. But the NBA is trying to do it. The NHL is doing it. And so far, those two sports have been successful. I, I just wonder what's going to happen – with the NFL, and like you said, guys, they travel from city to city. So who knows? And now you're talking about uh, Vegas with their new team. What's going to happen? This is is not going to be good. Well, two teams in the NFL are discussing uh, using a bubble, Dallas and New Orleans right now. But, you know, when you're talking about a basketball team, probably a party of 30 maybe, um, and maybe a little bit more for hockey. The same thing for MLS soccer and the WNBA, which is all working for them. But football, I mean, a traveling party is enormous. It's over 100 people. I mean, there are, there are there's like two assistant coaches for every position on the field, I think. But then you get the trainers and the doctors and then the PR staff. Um, you know, you've seen a chartered NFL plane. I mean, that thing comes off and it fills five busloads of people. You can't quarantine them for, for six months. It's, it's, it's impossible. Um, let's say hypothetically, there's, I guess there's no college football, but the NFL is going forward. There has been talk that the NFL guys would take over TV on Saturdays, something that's never happened before. It's always been 
Saturdays for college football. Sundays is for the NFL. But if they're not playing college football, I'm sure the networks would love to put on some games. I, it would be weird to me, you know, because it's always like Sunday and obviously Monday night, but Thursday night. But uh, could you envision that happening? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it, let me break down some numbers, and I'll tell you why I can see that happening. And I, we had talked about this earlier, about the TV ads at risk, $1.2 billion, and it breaks down. According to the Standard Media Index, ESPN is at risk to lose $534 million, ABC $258 million, Fox $196 million, CBS $151 million, and NBC at $17 million. So you put all that in the kitty. All of a sudden, you, you're going to see some Saturday games. It's like, yeah, let's go. I don't care if it's the Detroit Lions playing. You're going to want to see that. <laughs> now, why would hey, you pick hey, the Detroit hey, Lions hey, of all teams? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's true. I mean, it, it's it, any football is going to work. And even my guys, man, in the Motor City, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always been a sort of gentleman's agreement that the right. NFL wouldn't play on Saturday because that was for, for college football. And the only time that the NFL does play is when the college football regular season is over and, of course, during the playoffs. And the, one of the, 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 the time slots that generates the biggest audience is that Saturday night, 8 o'clock on uh, NFL uh, when the NFL starts their playoffs and that's a prime position that that every network wants to get and they try to rotate it so you know you'll probably be seeing a 430 game and an eight o'clock game on Saturdays uh, if college football is wiped out and the NFL goes forward all right let's get back uh, a little to the college football and again it's so weird right now at least as things stand right now Big Ten Pac-12 we're not going to play SEC ACC Big 12 we are going to play I mean, that sounds crazy. How are you going to you gonna have a playoff? Are you going to have a championship? Are you going to stick a big asterisk on the season? And, you know, a lot of people probably didn't realize this. You know, NCAA, supposedly this governing body to oversee. Now, they, did, they were the ones that canceled March Madness because they run that tournament. But they don't run, I guess, regular season college football. Shouldn't they? Shouldn't there be a, a commissioner of college football? I, I, you know what? It, it, it's funny you mentioned that, Sash. I, and I was thinking about that. It's like, yeah, something to oversee all of this, you know. And yes, you you have the NCAA and and Emmert, but I mean, I agree with you. There should be some sort of commissioner overall for college football because this would help a lot in trying to sort all of this out. Because right now, it's you have each conference trying to set up their own play i mean how does this happen it's i agree with you it's i don't know what structure you're going to have and what championship you're going to have and let me throw another thing in here um boston college is in the acc and the governor of massachusetts charlie baker last week uh just came out and because there's been an uptick in the number of cases in massachusetts he says gatherings Outside gatherings used to be 100 people or less. Now he's cut that in half to 50 people. Does that pertain to the 75 kids that are on the sidelines during a football game? Is that considered a gathering of more than 50 people? I don't know. So will each individual state say, no, you can't play in my state because we forbid to have this many people collectively together at one time. So you've got all kinds of chefs here, governors you're looking at, conference commissioners, and you're right, there isn't one governing body that's going to make a rule for everybody. So this, even if they decide to go forward, 
you know, what if you get to Monday of, of a game and, you know, Clemson's coming up to play Boston College and uh, the governor of Massachusetts says, no, 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 you, you can't play here. That's too many people. They're going to be gathering together at one time. That's not the social distancing that I have mandated. What happens then? You go to a neutral site, play the game down at Clemson? Yeah, you're asking questions. There are still so many questions. How about Nebraska? Yeah. They're, Nebraska, yeah, I know. <laughs> they you know, voted no. They, they wanted to play, but they were outvoted, I guess, 12 to 2. I think maybe Iowa voted no, too. But they are adamant. Their coach, Scott Frost, is out there. No, we're going to play. Well, who are they going to play? The other leagues have said we're only playing basically in-conference games this year. I think maybe one league is playing in one non-conference game. Notre Dame was able to get into the ACC, fortunately for them if that happens, but I mean, I don't see where Nebraska, they may want to play, but I don't know who they're going to play. Well, Jim Harbaugh, University yeah, of Michigan head he coach. Wants to play. Yeah, he wants to, he's yeah. all set, ready yeah. to play. Uh, but I think what, uh, Ohio State, Ryan Day says, well, wait a minute now, hold on. Uh, so we're going to see how this plays out. And, and this, and, and I'm not trying to, to make fun of this when I say this, this is turning out a lot like governor's in all the states and how they're fighting the coronavirus, each one has a different plan, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now with the the different conferences on what they want to do. Yep, and at the, you know, the, at the very beginning of this pandemic, uh, that was the one of the big issues. No two states could agree, especially bordering states. And they said, gee, because I do all this work right here, you know, in New York and then New Jersey opens the floodgates. So it's, it's going to spill over into, into college football, no question, uh, if these three conferences decide to go forward. All right, guys, let's uh, switch gears a little here on the Business yep. Sports Bloomberg Radio. John Stashauer, Michael Barr, Mike Lynch. I, I was very into the PGA Championship last week. And PGA, as you guys know, usually kind of a nondescript of the four majors, you know, the Masters we know about with the tradition and the U.S. Open is the U.S. Open and the Open Championship is always fun to watch uh, across the pond. The PGA sometimes doesn't get much attention, but this time it was the first major of the year. It used to always be the last. And so uh, it was a great final round. There was a seven-way tie for the lead coming down to the stretch. And yeah. um, what do you guys think of golf with no fans, especially at a major? This guy steps up and drives the green on a par four at the 16th hole. There would normally be a tremendous roar from the crowd. Obviously, we didn't have that. Did, that, did, did we lose something? Something, obviously, but how much do we lose from not having fans? Well, they should have mic'd my house because I was <laughs> – I mean, I was yelling. I'm like, oh, my God. They were making shots left and right. And like you said, Stash, seven guys tied for the lead. And you haven't seen that in a long – you got to go back to Lee Trevino for crying out loud to see something <laughs> like that. And I was yelling my head off. I'm like, and, and for me to yell during a golf championship, my wife – probably looked at me like are you nuts what what did you do did you it's have a golf. beer or two yeah, it's like this is golf man but this was exciting and that and i think that's why they had some of the best ratings the final round tv ratings up this year from 5.61 from last year's 5.01 and there's a reason for that in the final round you, you had one whale of a final round it was also in prime time we should have mm. it was on the west coast yeah. so they did get some was. advantage there which is great. You know, if the weather's great here and you want to go to the beach, you want to go hiking, you want to go play golf, uh, which I did, um, you can come home 
you know, do a little yard work, water the tomatoes, uh, you know, pull some weeds out of the garden, and then say, yeah, I'll sit down around six. I got four hours to watch golf. And uh, so the timing, I think, playing on the West Coast out at Harding Park really, really helped uh, the audience. Plus the interest. Is, here's our first major right now. And let's see, uh, you know, how's Tiger going to do in a major? How's Phil going to do in a major? Uh, Brooks uh, Kepka, who's always surfaces and plays, plays well. So there's a curiosity factor and a great leaderboard coming down the final day. And, you know, we've got two more majors to look forward to. Uh, it's going to be a busy fall. You know, I keep seeing oh these. we got the Kentucky yeah. Derby. we got the Indy 500. we yeah. got the U.S. Open. we got the Masters. we got pro football. And you know, we went. We're going to go from like the cupboard was completely bare. Now, how are we going to stuff everything into the cupboard? Famine to feast. There were there were mornings yeah. on Bloomberg Red. I'll never forget the morning where I was like, I got I got nothing here. I, there was the, <laughs> yeah. there was uh, there. Remember the horse? They did horse on ESPN. Yeah, I, was yeah. Like, I, yeah. I can't believe I'm giving horse <laughs> results. And uh, you know, and then now I'm like, I don't know. I need more time. You know, because yeah, last week we had. I mean, now we got NBA playoffs, and uh, so what about this whole idea? We just talked about golf without fans, which I think you can kind of live with. You miss the roar of the crowd, but I'm just—I mean, I know I've been watching, and it's still—I mean, look, I watched the five overtime game in hockey last night. That was fun to watch. But when we get to like the Stanley Cup final, the World Series, no fans. I just think there's—that's going to be very bizarre. You know what I like about it, though? when if, if they don't do it without crowd noise, I love to hear the players yell on the field. I sure would like to know what they were saying during the Oakland A's game when it was the bench-clearing brawl. Cause <laughs> I'm sure there was a seven-second delay with that. And it, it's, that is unique to hear what they're saying. And you're right, though. I mean, it's like the World Series, uh, the crowd is always something. I mean – you know who will forget Joe Carter? You know, and he and he knocks the the game winning home run uh, for Toronto to win it, and the crowd goes ballistic. And it, yes, that's exciting to see and hear. Um, I don't know. I I don't know what's going to happen. That that's a good question, guys. I think that basketball has done a pretty good job facing in the fake crowd noise. Uh, baseball's done an, uh, an okay job. It, it's inoffensive to me. Um, golf, the, the, the shots of the players are so tight all the time that you don't actually notice the crowd because you, you, you focus in on a guy's putter, the guy's face, his reaction after he swings. He's either pointing right or left or he knows he's hit the sweet spot. But, you know, unless you have, like, someone draining a 30-foot putt, that's the only time you really notice the roar of the crowd. So golf doesn't bother me that much. Uh, I, I think that – I think, and I think all the broadcast crews are doing a great job. Many of them I know are working out of studios, which is a little bit hard to see because you will basically only see what we see at home. Um, so um, I'm getting used to it. Let me put it that way. I'm getting used to it. What do you think the ratings are going to be? I mean, it, I, it, like always – a lot depends on who – I mean, if LeBron is in the NBA Finals, right, got a chance to win an NBA championship for a third different team, we're going to watch, right? Um, if the Yankees play the Dodgers in the World Series, right, we're gonna, people are going to watch. So is it yeah. like any other year? Like kind of depends on what the matchup is? Yeah, because it, it, believe it or not, the Tigers are playing well. And the Tigers yeah. <laughs> have a shot to, to make the playoffs. I just wonder – what kind of ratings the Tigers would draw? I was thinking of you, Michael Barr, because the Tigers are in second place at nine and six right now, yeah. a half a game out. And I may take a picture of that on my phone because <laughs> when was the last time? They're better, they're better than the Red Sox, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, the Red Sox are in the basement still with that six and 11. 
And how about, you know, and then they the, the look at the teams in first place, like the Oakland A's, you know, the Miami Marlins. Who would have thought? They, we thought they were going to fold, and now they're in first place in yeah. the National League East. You can catch our podcast right here every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I'm John Stashauer. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me on Twitter at LynchyWCBB. And I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. You're listening to Bloomberg Business and Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world. 